Welcome to the Micronesia First Podcast, where the focus is Micronesia, Micronesians, and the Micronesian condition. Sit back, relax, and enjoy. Hey guys, it's me. It's Eric. Um, change. Yeah, why are you talking about change? Well, well, it's an integral part of every human being's life, right? Every human, every family, every village, you know, every society, you know, you go up the chain. Change is inevitable. It's something that you, you, you have to embrace. Now, I'll concede this. There, there is, there, there are instances where um, embracing too much change might not be good. And I agree with those that assert the notion that there are certain things that are valuable enough to preserve. To quote my, my late father, I, I quote him, I love the man. There are certain things at the core of who we are as individuals, as families, as villages, cultures that define who we are. And that makes the the whole idea of navigating change a little bit more worthy of consideration. It's something that has to be tread lightly. Something that we have to be careful with. Um, throughout the ages, I mean, there's been changes. It's not something you can deny. If there was no change, my name would be Ugg. And instead of dating a girl, I'd hit her overhead with a like a club. Or, you know, some people might like use stick clubs. Some, some might use, like, you know, they might traditional. I'm going to hit her with my fist. I'm not condoning violence, I'm just saying, historically, we don't do that anymore, right? And we we could have only have arrived here from there through change. Progress, by definition, is change. And, again, like my father used to say, I'm, I'm going to quote him a lot, there's, there's no way around it. I, the man was my idol. But he said, there, there is a reason... To be careful about it, there's no reason to be fearful about it. I mean, if, if, if you look around, there are examples of where changes happened and it's gone pretty well for the people. And in his definition, which I do agree with, is those are the instances where change happened, something positive came out of it, the people prospered, but at the same time, the quote-unquote people, culture, nation, whatever level of um, demographic it was, at the same time, they maintained the core definition of who they were. Were, are, right? So who they were remains who they are. And, and I think that's a noble thing to do, right? It's, it's an homage to the people that went before us. Like the values they taught me are values that are still relevant today. Those shouldn't change. Um, but yeah, change. Now, why am I talking about change? Well, I don't know. I mean, you can hate me for saying this, but it looks like a certain island nation that we all love seems to be stuck in this repetitive, repetitively self-abusive pattern. And a lot of it is driven by things that I submit are misconceptions, but many hold on to as, um, I'm doing air quotes here, but um, quote unquote, tradition but now um look 
I mean, there's a really quick example. Like, for example, I said, um, when it when it comes to mis, uh, misspending or abuse of government funds, I I don't understand where that's something that would present any kind of a traditional or cultural conflict. It's like, yeah, yeah, I don't want to confront the guy. No, no I, I I think I'm, I'm gonna be honest here. It's a cop out, and the reason why I say that is, we don't hold that same standard to the bank teller. You know. So there are instances where we've made exceptions. You don't show up to the bank of whatever the name of the bank is, um, fill out a withdrawal slip for 100 bucks, and when your ledger shows 200 bucks gone, you don't say, oh, oh because my culture um, frowns on confrontation, I'm going to walk away. No, you clearly say, look, you made a mistake. I want my money back. And this might be because of a misunderstanding of ownership. But when it comes to government money, that's your bank account. I mean, remember, the government didn't bring you into existence. You brought the government into existence, which implies that the government doesn't own you. You own the government. And so just that little example of how, the, how there are already day-to-day -day instances where exceptions have been made, I think more exceptions should be made. And... I will say that I do understand the caution. I do understand the worry. I agree there is such a thing as cultures disappearing. But at the same time, there are perfect examples of where change happened and the cultures didn't disappear. They thrived. You don't really need to look far. Japan, for existence. Yeah, it's a highly technological, modern, for all intents and purposes, country. But walk the streets of Tokyo, Yokohama. Right now, what is it? The greater Tokyo, Yokohama metropolitan area? That's a gigantic area, isn't it? Anyway, back to the point. You walk down the streets of Japanese cities and towns. You bump into the people. You eat in their restaurants. You greet them. You meet them. And you are still clearly in Japan, right? There's no, oh, I thought I was in Germany. No, no. The culture has clearly survived. Korea is another example. I can speak to that. I lived in Korea for a year and a half. And boy, they, boy are, they, are, they, are they moving, right? I mean, a decade ago, you wouldn't buy anything Korean made. Now it's like they're leading practically every technological race there is. So maybe it's time to apply those same new thoughts all while preserving the important core aspects of the culture to Micronesia, right? I mean, the bank teller deducts 200 when you only received 100. Let's just pretend that government officials are your bank teller and the government funds is your bank account because that's a fair analogy. It is. It is. Other things have to change, like, you know, um, a lot of time is spent, like, you know, going out into the middle of the woods, cutting the bananas, you know, trimming off the uh, the dead portions or, you know, cutting grass and stuff like that. But then you drive around in town and the place just looks in disrepair. And, uh, come on, <laughs> it's a beautiful island. Beautiful people give more time to making it look beautiful. Like, I, I say this again and again and again. I do not know 
what any of the surrounding island nations have on Micronesia. Micronesia has everything to offer that they do and more. Okay, so a little bit of marketing needs to be done. That's beside the point, but let's say we do get the marketing out of the way. People show up and everything just looks like it's it's been ignored for the last 30 years. They're not going to come back. They're not going to tell their friends. Or if they do, even worse, when their friends ask, they're going to say, oh, don't come here to slum. And a lot of people, I know this sounds like a generalization, but this is a bit of my experience, right? It's not that I haven't lived there. I have lived there. And a lot of people behave this way because the attitude is, yeah, that's enough. It's not like this looks great. Yeah, that's, 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 that'll do. Uh, and it won't. It won't. That's like picking up a pistol and shooting yourself in the foot and then complaining that your foot hurts. Other things like um, when people ask, the island preaches modesty. Don't be modest. When people ask about Micronesia, sell it. Show your pride. Show your love. It's one of the greatest places on earth. Go visit. And hopefully, the people who are back home have done their minor adjustments. We're not talking about completely reinventing, reinventing the Micronesian existence, but their little changes. And when the tourists arrive, they'll be like, holy crap, I'm going to tell all my friends to come here. Right? I know there's, there's like this unwillingness to embrace new concepts. But they're not all bad. They're not all bad. You can't judge everything by the label. Oh, this is a Western idea. Oh, I'm not Westerner. I'm not going to do it. Imagine if the Japanese didn't do that. You wouldn't have a Toyota. Imagine if the Koreans did that. You wouldn't have that beautiful Samsung phone in your hand. Korea is a, a really good example, right? In the 50s, Korea was a rural country. They planted, they harvested, they went to market. And this is like one of the biggest, not one of the, it is the biggest turnaround story in history. It's the only nation that has gone from third to second to first world in recorded history, right? Because the classification of the different countries has started relatively recently. When it started, Korea was, well, South Korea to be specific, was third world, it was rural, developing. And then it became second world. And now it's a major player. And none of that would have been possible if there wasn't a willingness to change. And again, a clarification, it's not change everything about who you are. It's not about losing your identity. It's about making a few little tweaks here. Continue to be who you are. Continue to be proud of the things that make you who you are. There's nothing wrong with that. Now, there's a flip side to this coin, right? What happens if you don't change? Should I explain this? All you have to do is, well, if you're like me, you know, approaching 50 or older or just a little bit younger, I don't have to explain this. Just look in the rearview mirror. The whole world has passed you by. And are people doing anything different? Mm, not really. I mean, it's like from the younger generation having those damn phones in their hands all the time. But the attitudes generally haven't changed, you know. And life's, life's a trifling, right? Be willing to try something different. Open yourself up to the possibility of a better day. Look around you. I mean, not in the literal sense, but... I mean, look look on Facebook, look, look on CNN, Fox, whatever news outlet you listen to. Most of them are bullshit anyway. That's beside the point. But you see that countries are progressing. Countries like, for example, look, that's, I keep coming back to Korea, the greatest example. 1950s, rural. All they did was plant stuff. Nowadays, 
they're driving innovation. And my wife watches them. I know a lot of people's wives watch. I mean, if you're a guy and you watch it, I don't blame you. You watch the Korean dramas. Their culture is still pretty Korean, right? I mean, it's clear. They're, they're still, I mean, definitely Korean. You know, a lot of crying, I love you, crap like that. Oh, I shouldn't say crap. I mean, to each their own. But the whole point is, they embrace change. They mutate it to the extent that it would facilitate prosperity among their people. They held on to the things that were core to defining who they are, and their lives got better. And it can get better, right? And so, I know this is going to sound selfish, but um, first and foremost, you should do this for yourself. Right? You first, right? And then your community, and then Micronesia, right? I mean, after all, this is called Micronesia first. And, and that whole concept, um, it, it means all Micronesians matter. So, if you agree with this and somebody else doesn't, and you understand the whole concept behind it, explain it to him or her, you know? It's going to take more than one person to affect this change. So, I don't know, get out there, give it a try. Hey, thanks for listening. This is Eric with Micronesia First. Hey, things have got to change, folks. Get onto the Epsom Open Forum and speak your mind. The time is now. If you don't speak your mind, when things get really fucked up, don't try to talk then. Time is now. Get out there. <laughs>